Hi, I'm Camille. I'm a lifelong fan of Supernatural. I'm Miranda, and I'm watching the show for the first time. Join us as we watch a new episode every week. Welcome to our Supernatural podcast, Ramble On. Welcome to our super epic Supernatural podcast. This week, we watched season one, episode three, Dead in the Water. And Camille actually took a giant quiz online that ranked all the Supernatural episodes. And I can't imagine how long that would have taken you, Camille, but I want to hear where this episode ranked. So that ranker quiz actually took me probably over two hours because I wanted to be thorough and go through every single episode and remember what it was about. So I had the the wiki open on one page and then the quiz open on the other. (laughs) This episode in particular was ranked 190 out of out of uh, 327. So pretty middle of the road, I would say. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Camille is the in-house expert, as I always say on this podcast I can't take this quiz because I haven't seen hardly any of the episodes but as far as ranking this out of the three episodes I've seen I would say this is number three. Oh, really okay yeah that makes sense yeah and I have an exciting announcement for our podcast we have our first sponsor <gasps> what yeah we got a sponsor Camille this is news to me guys Okay. Well, here it is. I'm announcing it. I'm excited. My friend from college, Will, is sponsoring this podcast, and he bought me a hard drive to store all the podcast episodes on. Oh, yay. Thank you, Will. Thank you. So I count that as our first and probably only sponsor for a long time. So, you know, he has a lot of stock in this podcast. Buy his stuff. Buy his stuff. I don't, yeah, please, guys, just look up Will Will stuff on Google, and you'll find something. I'm sure. Just send him money. Yeah, please. Maybe he'll buy me a new hard drive, another hard drive. We we need to upgrade these microphones. If anyone has a Yeti mic, they want to give to both of us. That's true. Sometimes I wonder what we because I don't think we sound bad. My my mic was thirty dollars. Your mic was found in your house. I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. like. <laughs> I think we'd sound okay. I had to return it every uh, every night because my dad uses it for uh, for teleconferences. <laughs> you guys both use it for big business type yep. stuff. <laughs> Making money moves. <laughs> All right. And one thing I wanted to say, I wrote this down. I have notes. And I usually have notes, but I feel like this week my notes are better. And that's part of the note I'm actually about to read is that I wrote down that our show and our format is still evolving. So I just want to note that. I mean, this is our third episode. So guys, stick in there with us, please. We're getting better every week. I do believe that. And we're just, you know, we're getting our stride. Camille and I, it's hard having the best podcast around. You know, it's a lot to live up to every week. And we just want to keep getting better. So. Yep. I think I think we'll improve every episode until we stop improving. And then, um, I mean, at that point, we still 
probably won't have anybody listening. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think, listen, to me, first of all, I just like doing this with you, Camille, because mm-hmm. I think it's fun and it gives me something to look forward to, like we were talking about um, yeah. earlier today. But also, even if we had one person listen to this, that would be enough for me. Oh, that would be so great. I think if, yeah, if one person finds enjoyment out of this, if you just want to turn this on to sleep or I don't know. That is true. That would be nice. I don't know. I like like the thought of someone getting some enjoyment out of this, but it's just fun for me. Yeah, I mean, to me, I don't know if there's much emotional difference between having one listener and having, like, a 100. I feel like I would feel the same, like, happiness. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, I think we're probably going to have, like, a thousand or something like that. But Definitely. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I don't know how many we'll have. I think we could get some people. I have faith. We might hit, like, the 50s. Maybe. <laughs> 50 what? 50. I'm going to predict like 52. Okay. <laughs> hey, I think we can do it. By the end of season one, if we have 52 listeners, if we have 52 followers on our Tumblr account, rambleonpodcast.tumblr.com, that would be incredible. I think I have like, uh, I don't know, maybe 300 followers on Tumblr, but they're, they're all bots. <laughs> all like fake account yeah I used to have a lot back in the day but I I think they're mostly inactive now yeah okay Camille I have a fun little story from this episode because you know they're chasing at first they think the monster they're after might be Mm -hmm. some sort of lake monster and they reference Lake Champlain Mm -hmm. um which is right by the college I went to University of Vermont and yeah and I actually met an old woman I was um helping film a documentary about these people who've lived on the lake their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And they live in a place called the Our Boathouse. It's a really incredible place. You know, their families lived there since the Great Depression. And they're just like these people, these walking beacons of history. And they're so welcoming. But the older woman who lives there, Christine, she has this story of when she saw, when she saw Champ. Oh, And she has this story. She tells everyone who comes through there, you know, she woke up one morning, she stumbled to her window, she was really disoriented, and she saw this thing come out of the lake. And she called for her mom to come. Her mom saw it. And she's like, she's so adamant about this. So I just thought that was interesting. A little shout out from my college hometown. Wow. That's awesome. What do you think about those sorts of stories? Do you buy into them? I don't usually. I would say I'm pretty skeptical skeptical Hmm. like I've done the next episode I think is Bloody Mary that episode scares me so much and I've done Ouija boards and nothing has ever happened to me so really I have some ghost stories some hauntings in my life I don't think I have any kind of ghost stories so do you not believe in ghosts at all Camille um not really, no. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I definitely have some ghost experiences, but I'm going to have to keep those stories a little close to the chest. You know, okay. I don't want to stray too far from this episode. I certainly don't have any story about a lake monster coming for vengeance. I mean, I don't know. Like, my family could 
get into some trouble and all of a sudden I've got something after me, but so far I think I'm good. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay, so so this episode, Camille, I want to know mm-hmm. your opinion on the brother-sister dynamic that we see at the beginning of the episode. Because I'm getting notes of Folgers. I'm getting notes of a Folgers commercial here. <laughs> and I'm uncomfortable. I mean, I don't have a brother. So I can't say what a relationship would be like with my potential brother. But it was kind of weird. Like, yeah, what it is was a little a- too loving. <laughs> I don't know about all these workouts. So guys don't like buff girls. I literally thought until I found out they were siblings, I thought they were dating. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I'm so confused why a show that is about a sibling dynamic cannot write that this is what we got with these <laughs> random siblings. Oh man, supernatural, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I found the family that we start out with to be very strange. They definitely all have weird vibes, and I don't know if the show intended that, mm-hmm. but I was definitely picking up on that. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been the acting being a little off. (laughs) Maybe, but, like, couldn't they do one extra take? Was that the least sexual take they had? (laughs) Really? Like, what what else did they have on the cutting room floor? I would really love to know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Honestly, I was getting Twin Peaks vibes. Oh, Did you get I, Twin Peaks vibes from this? Uh, kind of. I've only seen a few episodes of Twin Peaks. Specifically when she's swimming around in the lake, I was getting Twin Peaks vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And I also want to say, you know, her brother says she's a varsity swimmer, but I noticed some problems going on with her swimming. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into that. Sure, talk about it. I I mean, I can hardly swim at all. I can save myself from drowning in a still body of water, but that's about it. How would you save yourself from drowning, Camille? Dead man's like, float? I know how to tread water. Okay. I know how to float on my back. I, I mean, I know the like basic strokes. I think my best would be the um, uh, breaststroke. I think I'm, I'm pretty good like swimming like a frog. But yeah, my freestyle, like, my legs just, like, when I'm doing freestyle, my legs just start to sink. (laughs) Oh, you're a sinker. (laughs) Look, listen, Camille, I have coached swimming Mm -hmm. for a long time, and some people just sink. Like, if if you're sinking in the water, you're a sinker, and that's okay. It's okay, but it's going to be harder to swim for you. Yeah, my mom, uh, she always said that I, I wasn't kicking enough. I don't know. Like I practice on those paddle boards, kicking away. But once I once my arm movements get into it, I just I get distracted. I guess. Hmm. Well, now I'm interested to see you swim, Camille. But oh, that's not, not going to happen. See me swim. Also, I'm one of those people who like uh, holds their nose when they jump into the water. <laughs> you know what? All power to you. Right? You're you're industrious. You do what you got to do. I think it's because like. I'm sure you have as well being a being a coach and a lifeguard and everything, but I like witnessed someone pretty much like drown <laughs> from just getting water up their nose jumping in. <laughs> so- well, I was thinking, what if there was a lifeguard at this lake? Uh, I was imagining if I was a lifeguard at this lake and I saw this all go down, what would I have done? I hope you would save them. But I wouldn't be able to save them. That's true. 
Like, this is why I quit my job as a lifeguard. Because I was terrified that somebody would drown while I was being a lifeguard and I like something would go wrong and I wouldn't notice. Oh, yeah. When I was uh, teaching preschool, like, I hated um, when they would eat because I was so afraid that they would start choking. <laughs> Camille, this is why we get along so well. We're both, like, so paranoid. I know. I talked to one of the other, like, uh, teachers, too, but she said she was the same way. Because also, in the summer, they do have a pool that they open up, and I was like, I, I can't. I can't watch those kids swim. Like, uh, like if they start drowning, it, <laughs> I couldn't save them. <laughs> Well, this is the thing I tell people. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent, do not bring your kid to the pool and then completely disconnect. Because I've been yeah. a lifeguard. I've worked with lifeguards. They are 17-year-old kids getting paid minimum wage to hang out at the pool, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, some of them are very diligent about their job. But a lot of the people that I worked with were not watching the pool the way that they should be. And, like, so many parents would just come, dump their kids in the pool, and then completely disconnect from watching them. and yeah. Like, I don't know, unless your kid, even if your kid's a great swimmer, but parents whose kids barely knew how to swim would drop their kids off. And it was just so stressful. But yeah, I can imagine it was a lot. But if I was a lifeguard at this lake, Mm -hmm. this would have been my most stressful day, probably. Oh, you know what would have been my most stressful day? If I didn't quit on this incident, the day that dad's boat got blasted into high heaven. The boat exploded, I was about to say. (laughs) That would be my day. I would quit right there. (laughs) That would be it for me. I mean, honestly, that moment in the show is really funny. Mm -hmm. I was laughing my ass off when the dad got blasted off the boat. And I get that it's supposed to be this horrifying, dramatic moment, but... It wasn't well executed. No, it was so funny. I mean, it was, like, so funny. Like, that could have been in a comedy movie, and I would have not blinked an eye. <laughs> like, the way the it all slowed down, and then all of a sudden just... just. My question is, why did he go out in this boat in the middle of the lake? I think he wanted the little boy he killed to take him, right? I can... That would make sense, yeah. Did they like, ever say? Did they ever talk about why he went <laughs> into the middle of the lake? No, I think I think they just like I think Sam and Dean were probably like low key. That was kind of funny the way that all went down. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was a little bit of repressed guilt there for them, where they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge, you know, hey, we just saw this guy that we met die in a boat accident. Uh-huh. You know, but it was kind of funny, but, you know, it's horrific at the same time. And we're having a really bad day because everyone we meet keeps dying. Oh, so, yeah. So I want to talk a little about <laughs> the name of the episode, right? Yes, I'm excited to hear this. So the name of the episode is Dead in the Water. And I didn't really understand what that phrase meant. I don't know where it or- originated, but... Um, I've never heard anyone really use it, but according to the dictionary that I found online, it says when someone or something is dead in the water, you're emphasizing that they've failed and there's little hope of them being successful in the future. So 
it basically means that, you know, that you're destined for like certain failure, which I thought was interesting because in this episode, they're not really able to save much of anyone. <laughs> I guess no. they save Lucas, the little boy, and they save his mother, right? Correct? Or does the ghost come after her? No, they save her. Okay. But everyone else dies. They don't have to even exercise the or uh, lay the ghost to rest, I guess, because the ghost like completes its its reign of terror. It, it kills everyone that it wants to. Well, maybe the only way for the ghost to be defeated is to be dead in the water. I mean, there was no way to find the body, no way to burn the bones. Like everybody had to be taken, and until the sheriff, uh, Jake. Devons. I feel like just saying the sheriff is better because who yeah. knows the names. But I have them written down in my little notes just so everybody knows I'm very well prepared for this podcast. But until he sacrifices himself, you know, there's no way to stop what's going on. I mean, Sam and Dean are just kind of have to bear witness to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder, it could Andrea and Lucas have survived if, if Sam and Dean took them out of the town? Because could the waterways reach anywhere they were or would they have been safe away from the lake i'm not sure yeah i don't know i think probably a vengeful spirit wouldn't have that much reach away from their their place of death but if they're more tethered to the person than they are say the lake then maybe they would be able to follow them i think they talk so like i can't remember much about vengeful spirits because honestly they, uh, they're not really integral, an integral part of the show, I would say. Maybe a little bit in season seven. There aren't any huge plot lines with vengeful spirits. They're more, they're usually one-offs. And then I think later on in the show, they hardly even bother with them at all. <laughs> really? I would assume that vengeful spirits would be almost everything about this show. Except for, obviously, Castiel the angel who we all love on this podcast who wasn't in this episode strangely enough i'm wondering when he's <laughs> going to show up i mean every episode i wait for castiel and so far i've been disappointed oh gosh um, uh you're gonna have to wait a while <laughs> oh gosh Sorry. all right like you know camille I, was, <laughs> I feel like camille and i sometimes have our best conversations off of this podcast because the other night we spent like two hours talking about the height of the supernatural actors <laughs> and I've been really thinking about this because I, cu- I I couldn't conceptualize that Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins are like tall mm-hmm. human beings mm-hmm. and to me I realized I just view celebrities as like these tiny little elves that run around in their magical Hollywood <laughs> forest and like I could hold them in the palm of my hands like I don't <laughs> want to see them in real life I don't want to realize they're like a giant person you know that scares me <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, I think so many people are surprised that like (laughs) Misha Collins, who plays Castiel, is not this little tiny dude. (laughs) Well, I never will be because I'm never going to meet him. He's just going to stay this tiny little creature in my mind. That's how it should be. (laughs) Just a little squirrel in your TV. Just a little (laughs) squirrel. So the girl, who I don't remember her name, but the first girl who gets taken, mm-hmm. 
her brother watches her drown is the implication I got from the narrative, which kind of adds on to this creepy sibling relationship that I'm picking up on. Uh-huh. Uh, but then he <laughs> dies in a and Camille, I need to know this because I think I know the answer. If you were in your house and your sink filled up with that water, would you no, reach down I, into it? No way. <laughs> no way. It. Camille, you would live in this story. <laughs> I think, though, that's more of, like, a garbage disposal kind of fear for me, though. Like You wouldn't reach into the muddy, like, poop water? That is pretty gross. I think I would at least put it on the glove. <laughs> I don't know if that would protect you. No, it wouldn't. But I would not, I would never stick my hand down a sink that I know has a garbage disposal in it. I would never stick my hand into murky water. That is why I don't eat soup, first of all. What? I do not mess with murky water. I don't like Wait, soup. Wait, you don't... Since when? Oh my god, Camille, let me tell you something. I do not like soup, and I'm so frustrated. We're in soup season everywhere I turn. I everyone's soup. talking about soup. Okay, Camille, I know, because everyone loves soup. It's so frustrating, <laughs> but do you like when you're washing the dishes and you reach down in the drain and touch the wet food, or are you like, ew, ew, the wet food? It is gross, but it's That's not... soup! That is soup! <laughs> That is soup. So tell me, would you eat that? <laughs> no, because it's like gross. But uh, it's not the same thing. Like soup is in a broth or like it a is cream. It is. It is the same. <laughs> like you don't even like chicken noodle soup or anything? No, I like broccoli cheddar. Mm-hmm. And I like... What about like tomato soup? Never had it. I've been, that's been a staple of my diet like the past two months. It's probably really good for you. I hope so. <laughs> what is that tomato drink? Vitamin? Oh, V8. V8. Mm-hmm. I don't like V8. I that is like just cold either. soup. Yeah, I don't. I don't like V8s, but I love soup. Well, Camille, I mean, I, I don't like have any bad feelings against you for you liking soup. It's just that I know that I'm right and you're wrong. So it's well, kind of. I don't know what you're talking about liking broccoli. So. Broccoli cheddar soup? You don't like that? I hate broccoli. I like creamy soups. I do not like brothy oh, soups. Yeah. Like creamy, like a chowder. See, I guess I would like a fancy chowder. I don't like chowder out of a can, and I've never had a oh, fancy yeah. chowder. Well, Costco has this. Do you like um like crab? I do like crab. Costco has this crab and corn chowder that has corn, potatoes, crabs, and it's in like a creamy bisque kind of. Um, I guess, but I don't really like potato in soup. I don't get that. Oh, I think most chowders have potato in them. Well, see, who is creating soup? Who is behind the soup industry? Because everything they do is so wrong. I just can't stand it. I think soup's been around a long time. <laughs> I think the cavemen were eating soup. <laughs> I do not think the cavemen were eating soup. I think I would fit in better into caveman culinary society than I do to soup society. I wonder how much of their stuff they ate, like, raw. Beef tartare? Sushi? Mm, I love sushi. Do you like sushi? I love sushi. Oh, yeah, me too. One time, well, actually, I'm not going to tell that story. That is a very horrible story. Okay. Not fit for this podcast. (laughs) But it has to do with the third floor bathroom in the library. 
Oh, wait, University of Vermont. Okay. If you I was like, we didn't have a third floor. <laughs> oh my God. Our, we were not that fancy at our high school. The third floor bathroom of the library. That's a secret bathroom if you're talking about our high school. <laughs> I know when, when I was in elementary, there was a rumor that there was a pool on the third floor of our high school, but... When you were in elementary school, there was a rumor that there was a third floor of your high school? Yeah. That's what people said before, because we were in secondary school, so uh, once we left sixth grade, we went Mm. to the the high school. Camille, did you watch the show Recess? Yeah. Do you remember the episode where they turned into fifth graders, or they turned into sixth graders, and they got to go into the secret hideout underneath the playground? Oh, I don't remember. I'm not sure if I ever saw it. Oh my God. Formative. Formative <laughs> for my life. I was begging, begging the universe I, to let me discover that when I went into sixth grade. I wanted so badly for there to be a secret clubhouse under the playground. Mm-hmm. And there never was. And I don't know if I just never got access to it, if it didn't actually exist, if the show Recess was in a different state than I was. So it's different. What they yeah, a different state on? called um, Cartoon World. Cartoon World. <laughs> I've never heard of that one, actually. But I was never a whiz at geography. <laughs> I was thinking maybe like Colorado. Oh, yeah. Those, I get those confused sometimes. Yeah, and the kids were kind of dressed like they were in Colorado, I guess. Like TJ? TJ kind of reminds me of like a young Dean Winchester. <laughs> Oh my God, we're unlocking levels to this. <laughs> he does. I don't know something about him. Hmm. I think so. There's a, an actor that plays the young Dean Winchester in flashbacks in future episodes. That I think you might agree with me, but maybe not. I've seen this person you're talking about, and I think I do agree with you. But I've seen glimpses. I've kind of stopped looking at the t- supernatural posts because mm-hmm. I think you're right. I don't. I already know a lot of spoilers and mm-hmm. like Camille said to me the other day, a couple of days ago, and this really stuck with me, but the way we're doing this podcast, I'm really having the traditional original fan experience where I'm not binging the show, but I'm watching an episode per week. And I want to preserve that innocence in my mind of like <laughs> not knowing everything. Cause I saw a post the other day that was like, uh-huh. remember the tentacle monster that wanted to have sex with Dean? And I'm like, is that like, real? No, that was not real. <laughs> Okay, good, because I was like, I don't really know, but also I kind of believe everything I see about Supernatural. Oh my gosh, the tentacle monster. Okay, I... (laughs) Are you about to be like, oh, I remember now, there is... No, no, no. definitely not in the literal sense, but I think they may be referencing something that will come up later on. Oh my god, okay. In a joking manner. (laughs) Well, I can't wait for that episode. (laughs) Um, Oh, goodness. (laughs) So we have Dean and Sam following this mystery. The dad's two kids are dead. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was weird that Dean and Sam are out on the dock trying to get answers and information from this guy, like expecting him to be at all coherent or able to help them. And it seems like they have... They have compassion for so many different types of people, or at least Dean does. I don't really know about Sam. I haven't seen that from him yet. Like, Dean seems like the really compassionate, empathetic one. But 
they don't seem to have compassion for this guy. Like, they're not really... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they don't know what it's like to be in a fatherly role, I guess, so... But I feel like Dean kind of does. Uh, I guess you're right, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the the person that he emphasizes... Em- empathizes with in this episode is is the kid and yeah he talks to him about his own experience losing his mother losing a parent which dean and sam have not had the experience of losing a child and i had something written down about that Mm -hmm. actually i have a lot written down about that i don't really know what direction to go in from there but I guess I'll just pick one you know the after Sam sees Dean talking to this kid talking to Lucas mm-hmm. they're in the Sam and Dean are riding in the car together and Sam's like you never told me that and mm-hmm. all of Dean said to the kid was that he was scared when his mom died and that he was sad afterwards so well, I'm just thinking he's like that he told he told Lucas that he didn't speak for a year after their mom died. Oh, he said that? I thought he said I didn't feel like talking. No, he d- he did not speak for a year after their mom died. Okay, you know what? This has cleared up a lot for me because I was about to say, if <laughs> they've never talked about that Dean was sad after their mom died, then what the hell have they talked about? But, okay, that makes a lot more sense. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, really? I, I just thought he said... I didn't feel like talking. I didn't hear him say I didn't talk for a year. Oh, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, I think he, (laughs) here, hold on, cut this part. I want to make sure. Okay. Because it is something that's like perpetuated by the fans. You know, they talk about how Dean didn't talk for a year after their mom died, but But, make sure that's actually canon. But Sam doesn't hear Dean say that. That's when Dean's sitting drawing pictures with him. When Dean is in uh, the yeah. room with the kid, he he just says, I was sad. I was I knew my mom oh. wanted me to be brave. Oh, okay. Like, I think all Sam hears is him say, like, I was really sad. I knew uh-huh. my mom wanted me to be brave. And maybe your dad wants you to be brave, too. Okay. Yeah, that is weird. Why would Sam say that? That's just bad dialogue. <laughs> I guess... I guess that does make sense, though. Dean doesn't really ever talk about his emotions. But you would think Sam would be able to infer that. I mean, he's maybe he took, like, one psychology class at Stanford or something, right? Like an intro psych. Mm -hmm. And he he would realize, oh, when after a kid's parent dies, maybe the kid would be sad, you know? (laughs) But maybe the class didn't cover that. Maybe he maybe he thought that. that Dean was too young to understand and too young to really miss her. But in the pilot episode, you know, Dean flies into this rage because Sam says that their mom is dead and she's not coming back. Yeah, That's Dean all seems Sam says. <laughs> to me, Dean seems extremely not over the death of his mom. I mean. No. And I had written something down about, like, when Dean is talking to Lucas, 
his mm-hmm. voice is catching and he's almost crying to mentioning his mom. And Dean is what, 22, 20? No, Dean is like 26. Dean is 26 years old and he is yeah. still embroiled in this. And I wrote down in my notes about the end of the episode mm-hmm. about how after the grandfather is goes into the lake and is taken down by Peter Sweeney, I think is his name. Peter Sweeney, this vengeful spirit that the grandfather killed when he was a young boy. Mm-hmm. After that vengeful spirit is gone, then Lucas starts talking again and he's able to overcome this sort of trauma that he's had. And I'm wondering if, since Lucas is acting kind of as a mirror to Dean, is mm-hmm. that a subtext of, you know, Dean's never going to be able to be over this until they get the demon that they're after? You know, I I think that's a valid interpretation. I think Dean, like, somehow it's still a raw wound for him losing his mother, but that may just be because that's what his whole life has been mm. focused on. That's what his whole purpose is that John has told him is avenging their mother's death. And you know what made me sad, Camille, related to that? is Dean tells Lucas, I knew my mom wanted me to be brave. And I almost feel like your mom, I've only watched three episodes, but mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like your mom didn't want you to be brave. Your mom wanted you to be happy. And your dad wanted you to be brave. Your dad put this huge weight on you that I don't think your mom would have ever wanted you to have to handle. Yeah. Yeah, I think she would be sad to know how, um, how their lives ended up. Oh, this show really actually gets me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad thinking about how Dean was four years old and he lost his mother and didn't really have a support system around him. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know for sure, but it feels like immediately they hit the road and started, you know, this plot for revenge. Before. I was wondering about this too, and I want to get your opinion on it, Camille. Mm-hmm. I was thinking almost in terms of like mirrors you have lucas obviously sort of mirroring dean in terms of this traumatic incident that dean went through as a child but i almost feel like lucas is also mirroring sam and and dean's kind of thinking back to having to take care of sam when he was younger Mm -hmm. and in that way it's almost like lucas is a mirror for sam the mom is a mirror for dean and jake the grandpa is a mirror for their dad that makes sense, yeah. Do you buy into that with your expertise? I do. Some of that is sometimes I think there aren't necessarily direct correlations with with Sam and Dean. I think sometimes it's more of an overarching family theme. Mm. But I can definitely see that. I'm def I'm I'm definitely overthinking it, but it's not gonna stop me from saying it, you know? <laughs> I may be wrong, but God damn it, I will say it. That is the... I hope so. That is the uh, methodology of this podcast. Mm-hmm. That is our uh, mission statement. We may be wrong, but God damn it, we're going to say it. <laughs> uh, and I wrote down this quote from Sam. And I'm thinking this might be foreshadowing in a certain way. Okay. Sam says, there are cases going through a traumatic incident could make people more sensitive to premonitions, psychic tendencies. 
do you do you take this to be a certain type of foreshadowing, Camille? I think there's definitely some foreshadowing going on. Who knows? And okay, I wrote down, and I know a little bit about what happens to Sam. Uh-huh. I'm gonna be a little coy, a little bit, you know, ooh, I don't know. But I I was wondering if Dean is a, a little psychic. Hmm. Well, what do you think, Camille? You can tell me I'm wrong. The problem with this is like, uh, you don't want to spoil anything for me, but I'm like throwing out these crazy well, things. Miranda, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong? Damn. Yeah, sorry. Well, Dean's Dean seems way more psychic than Sam in this episode. I mean, Sam's like, let's leave town, bro. And Dean's like, I'm going back to town. Something's wrong. And he's like swerving back into town. Yeah, I think maybe Sam had an idea that everything wasn't finished, but he's so focused on the mission at hand, you know. But Dean actually cares about saving these people. Like, Dean and Sam are definitely in different places in this episode because Sam is still grieving and Dean, you know, this is what Dean has been doing for four years and helping these kids with these cases saving these people and he's like well why wouldn't I stay and Sam's like well the, the reason I gave up college in my life was to hunt down that thing that killed her mother and killed his girlfriend it's interesting because it's almost like Sam cares more about the sort of familial connections than he cares about college because once his girlfriend has died, there like college obviously doesn't hold that much weight for him to where he's like, okay, this is horrible, but like to me, I still want to stay here and do this. I think, in my opinion, knowing the rest of the show is that after Jess died, he realized that he couldn't escape the life that he wanted to escape. And I think that becomes more evident in later seasons, or even later on in this season. His intention of going to college was getting away from this life, and when it when it still chased after him, and he still had to deal with the consequences. I think he thought, "Oh, I'm not. I'm never gonna have a normal life." That's interesting too, because it's like Dean and Sam are both dealing with the consequences of their life things they can't control but they're dealing with them separately to start out with at the beginning of the show but then you know once Sam realizes it's almost better to like face it together because they're facing the same thing in a way obviously different different for each of them but like the same source and I don't know they they really do need each other yeah. I just wish they would open up with each other more. Well, Dean has a goodwill hunting moment. He's He says, college boy thinks he's so smart. <laughs> That's opening up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they can't bear to be separated from each other, but at the same time, they're terrible at communication. Mm. <laughs> and there's that's persistent throughout the entire show. Does it does it ever get better? 
No. Oh my God, Camille, I have to watch. How many seasons do I have to watch of them saying, 15. bro, let's talk about it. Nah, bro, college boy thinks he's so smart. Like, yep. that's their conversations. Um, no, but they don't talk about anything until until something bad has already happened, <laughs> basically. Mm. And that's why I think some people started to tire of the show. Is They were rehashing the same fights between Sam and Dean over and over neither one of them learning <laughs> mm, that is frustrating mm-hmm. but i'm not frustrated yet i'm still kind of living for it but okay we'll see and oh i wanted to talk about this the sheriff mm-hmm. says uh when he's saying you know obviously it's suspicious that demons dean and sam were there when uh mr carlton's boat gets blown up mm-hmm. and the sheriff says the only reason you guys are going or walking free from this is because one of Bill's neighbors saw him steering out that boat before you did. So clearly the neighbor didn't see the boat get blown up. But and the neighbor didn't see Dean and Sam run on the dock screaming at him to come back. <laughs> so imagine like missing that. Imagine peeking out your window, seeing old Bill Carlton driving his boat out on the lake hope he's doing okay you know he's just lost his entire family but i'm going back inside and then you miss this crazy scene i mean on one hand you probably don't want to see it but on the other hand i mean that's it's kind of like a sight to see it's a sight to behold i mean i've never in my life seen something like that nope i haven't either i would love to see a boat blow up (laughs) and just (laughs) Oh, Camille, we can maybe make that happen for you. Oh, thanks. Guys, please sponsor this podcast so we can buy a boat and blow it up. (laughs) We're no longer, by the end of this thing, we're not going to be a supernatural podcast. We're just going to be like a YouTube channel of people blowing things up. (laughs) (laughs) That The show will drive us that crazy. I believe that. I believe that. Okay, so I have something I talked about, um, Lucas's uh, selective mutism. Oh yeah, Camille, totally get into that. Okay. So right now I'm studying um, in uh, communication sciences and disorders courses and uh, to hopefully be a speech language pathologist one day and they treat speech and language disorders. And so as I was rewatching this episode, I recognize something that I've been talking about with the woman I'm shadowing, which is selective mutism. And when you think about mutism, do you think it's a more of a mental health thing or more of a language disorder? Well, my guess would be language disorder. So I think most people think it's a language disorder, but it's actually a childhood anxiety disorder. So speech language pathologists can treat it, um, but also uh, psychiatrists and counselors can treat it. Um, Basically what they think it is, is that it's an extreme form of social phobia. So they're able to speak in some settings, Like, some kids with selective mutism can talk at home, but as soon as they leave the house, 
they can't talk to anyone. They can't talk to like friends or strangers or teachers. Like in, at school, they might be completely silent. And they found a possible association between history of trauma and abuse and the development of uh, selective mutism, but they haven't found a causal link. So they haven't been able to say, you know, after a kid experiences trauma, it causes them to beca- to uh, have selective mutism, but they have found that there might be some court- some sort of relationship between them. And they think it's possible that, you know, traumatic events and abuse, they exacerbate the anxiety and phobia symptoms. So they can be treated by a mental health professional and prognosis is actually pretty good. So they use cognitive behavioral therapy, shaping reinforcement, stimulus fading, desensitization, and just stuff like social skills training and and behavior modeling and sometimes uh, medication. Would you say that uh, they ever use drawing like Lucas was doing in this episode? I think that could be possible, yeah. Definitely an activity where you're just getting the kid to be more comfortable in a setting, not forcing them to speak, which was good in this episode. You know, Dean sat down and he didn't he didn't try to force Lucas to speak because, you know, if, if, you're, if you're doing that to a kid, it's just going to make them more anxious and they're going to shut down even more. So... Mm-hmm making them as comfortable as possible is good. And I think with a lot of kids, especially younger ones, they're more comfortable when they're doing something like drawing. Yeah. Dean was really good. Yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty good with kids. I think he is. He's like a Daryl from the walking dead. And I'm obsessed with Daryl. So (laughs) do you still watch the walking dead? I try so hard. Camille, the first few seasons are so good. And then the show just like, it just, I think when they start, a lot of people would say earlier than this, but I think when the, when Negan Mm -hmm. pops up as a character, that's for me when they lose me. Oh, you're right. I think I stopped watching the second season that the governor was in, right? He was in two seasons. Yeah, that's what mo- that's I've talked to a lot of people and they say like the governor is when they it, got kind of bored. I, it it just kind of dragged on too long. Mm-hmm. It's my mom's favorite show. Like she, it's loves so it. good. It, is she still watching it? Mm-hmm. And she watches the spinoff and everything. I am only watching because I want Daryl and Carol to get together. And I oh, am really? so yeah, and I am so I cursed. Really like. Carol, really? I I don't know what it is. I like them together, and every ship I've ever had has never come true. Even my straight ones. I'm like so cursed. I've never had a ship, like I've never found fulfillment. Never. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay, Camille. I am working through it. I still have time left in my life, so we'll see. But I think I'm about fifty fifty. What is your fulfillment ship? Oh. You already know. <laughs> I can't talk about it on this podcast yet. <laughs> I mean, if you're counting that, I, I, you know what? It does count. <laughs> it counts in my heart. <laughs> I'll give that to you, Camille. You know Thanks. what? You deserve it. You, you really do deserve it. <laughs> you need, you need this win. I think in the coming months. 
I mean, everyone knows what I'm talking about that that see in the show. <laughs> but I think in the coming months, some more um, information will come out. We'll see. That's a whole nother podcast. We should start an intro, but <laughs> we might alienate some people. Although I do mention cats every episode. He's not even in the show yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of... Oh, I was... So I was in Edward Bellow Schiffer in, and um, Peta and Katniss. So those, both oh, those of those ended up well for me. But those aren't like... I'm talking really long burn, like giant okay. payoff. Giant payoff. Does that even ever happen? <laughs> Never has for me. I don't think it does. <laughs> I can't um, think of one incident. I mean, I guess, like I d- I didn't ship it, but I guess if you watched uh, Legend of Korra, I guess that could count as one. I didn't watch that, but I really need to. It, it's not great, Camille. You know what I was thinking about the other day? How we were talking in our last episode about how we don't know anything about Star Wars, but mm-hmm. Dean is based on Han Solo. Yep. So I have I have seen the, that trilogy though, so I know who I'm familiar with Han Solo. At okay. Least. Well, I feel like Han Solo is just based on the hero's journey by that Joseph Campbell wrote about, but mm-hmm. still, if it's textual or quotable that the creators <laughs> wanted to base Dean on Han Solo. Also, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. One. This is my Jensen Ackles segment. So everybody turn your volume up. One, I think half of the budget of this show goes to getting the most beautiful shots of Jensen Ackles. And two, he's really, I'm just confused how they're not billed the same, you know? Like, I feel like they're both equally the main characters, especially, like, I feel like Dean is taking us on this huge emotional journey. I mean, we're on episode three, but... Yeah, I I don't know if it's just a hangover from the pilot, but yeah, even in this episode, you can obviously tell like who's bearing the weight of of the emotional uh, plot of the show, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Sam almost feels, and I'm sure Sam becomes a much more prominent person i mean he's still growing into his part of the story but like he almost like he really feels secondary in this episode yeah it's pretty strange it is i think they honestly honestly i think jensen just stole the spotlight (laughs) well i'm not surprised (laughs) i think the strength of his acting is just a little bit better <laughs> Camille you're speaking the truth hey that this is what we say on this podcast and if you don't agree just remember we say what we say even if we're wrong right mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. said it we said what we said it's just my opinion it's just her opinion if someone else has a different opinion <laughs> <laughs> all right we're getting near the end of this and I just have a few more things I wanted to talk about I don't know if you have any other stuff written down Camille but I do not okay but I have written down that the sheriff's hands flapping as he's drowning are really funny it looks like some sort of dance I mean the two older guys deaths in this episode they're just funny like they give you that comedic 
you just, they just give you what you need to break the tension. And I'm not sure if that's what was intended. I think this is supposed to be a horrific moment again. You know, you have the boat blowing up. You have the, like, strange hand movements dancing in the water. As And I'm just imagining, what was the director saying to him? Like, just wave your hands. Just, like, I don't know how to explain this. Go back and watch the episode, you guys. It's at the end. But it's it's definitely kind of funny. I'm sorry if to the guy who played that character if he's listening i know he probably is but you know you did a great job at your other lines but this one i just thought was kind of funny yeah i like how in i think in season two they start to kind of embrace the campiness of the show yeah oh i'm so excited for that like definitely I think there's a more serious tone at the beginning of the show than there is at the end, which is funny because I think a lot of shows are the opposite. Uh, And I have my last thing, and then we can do the overview. Okay. Is this quote from Andrea. I think that's her name. Let me check my notes. Andrea Barr, the mom of Lucas, says to Sam at the end of the episode, she says, Dad loved me. He loved Lucas. No matter what he did, I just have to hold on to that. And is this sort of, are they referencing, I mean, are they referencing Dean and Sam's dad at all with that? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I don't, you said she's talking about her husband? No, she's talking about her grandpa. Or her dad, Lucas's grandpa, the guy who was doing those hand motions in the water. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. Because, you know, Mary at this point, you don't really see anything that has shown that she doesn't love her sons. Whereas with John, it's already being implied that, you know, he's pretty obsessive and neglectful and Mm -hmm. they might not have the best relationship with him. So. I think that's true. Yeah, I feel like I was, I feel like I found a better way to take notes for myself. Okay. Where that's I good. had a lot to say, or maybe too much to say. I don't know if it was good or not, but I, I'll see when I look at them, I guess. I think, I think, it, like, you, you're thinking, like, very deeply about these episodes. And I think it's season one. Like, they're, they don't know what the hell they're doing. No, <laughs> <laughs> you should just say that. <laughs> you're, you're being too nice to the show. <laughs> Like, I think people are people are always like, oh, yeah, they had seasons one through five, like, totally planned out. Like, they knew exactly where they were going. Because, like, people are used to, like, miniseries now and, like, like really well thought out, like, short, shorter television shows mm. that you're supposed to, like, binge all at once. A supernatural is not that. Like, even in its glory days, <laughs> you know? Like, people talk about how, okay, people like to shit on uh, Sarah Gamble all the time, and they're like, oh, she ran the show, blah, 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 because she became showrunner after after Kripke left in season six, and that's where everything kind of started to go downhill, and they're like, oh, Kripke had this grand plan, like, he's a god among men, like, <laughs> like he's the only one who could write good supernatural. The reason... Okay, she was actually the one who introduced the concept of angels to the show. She she pitched it to Kripke, 
and he was like originally very against it um so like the christian like mythology like that's that was her doing you know and like i at the, so there was a writer's strike also that impacted like um how season three went and i want to talk about it more when we get to it but yeah it was not you know <laughs> they had to adjust <laughs> it was not planned out from the beginning Okay, Camille, do you want to do the, like, overview? Do you have that? Um, I just have, yeah, I just have the background information of the episode. So, this episode was aired on September 27, 2005. And it was written by Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker. Uh, Sarah Gamble was a showrunner for the, for Supernatural from season six through seven after uh, Eric Kripke stepped down. And then she has also worked on The Magicians and You. And Rail Tucker worked on the first two seasons of Supernatural and, um, and on uh, True Blood. And then it was directed by Kim Manners, who passed away in 2009. And he worked on Supernatural from season one until his death in season four. And he also worked on the X-Files. And the location for this episode, as Miranda mentioned, I think, is in Lake Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which is not a real place. They filmed on uh, Bunsen Lake in Anmore, British Columbia. That's it. Alrighty. Oh, Camille, we have a shout out for a Tumblr post, which is a quote from Jensen talking about the scene he filmed with the boy Lucas. And Mm -hmm. he's talking about how it was kind of a scary experience filming it that. uh, So they're, they were in an actual lake. mm -hmm. They're actually swimming (laughs) in the middle of the lake. And Jensen, um, has to jump in and basically actually drag this boy up. In the meantime, he's got these, uh, he's got these, uh, divers holding his feet down below him. So they're kind of dragging him under. I'm not exactly sure why, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that would be pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Especially holding a, a little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to see that, we're going to reblog that onto our Tumblr at rambleonpodcast.tumblr.com. And there is a video, and I'm going to put that on our Twitter, which is the same, Ramble on Podcast on Twitter. And yeah, I mean, same thing goes that we say every episode. If you guys, even if you want to be on the show, message us. If you want us to read something you have to say, you know, send it to our inbox, either Twitter or Tumblr or our Gmail supernatural rewatch project at gmail.com. And yeah, we really want fan involvement in this. I mean, this is kind of like a love letter to the show. I know from Camille's side because she is a lifetime fan and uh, yeah. So we want different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. Bye.